Well, hello, Grace family. This is Ryan Peterson here again, bringing you some extra content from the Mark chapter 2 series. We just finished up a little bit ago a six-week series all around Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And we focused around three main questions that are leading and guiding us towards freedom and healing. And those three questions uh, were a reflective question by nature. The first one was, where am I lame? Next one was, when did it first happen? And then the third one was, how will I let my community carry me? Uh, we just finished the series up, and we actually did something really unique and, and special at the end of it uh, during week, week number six. We had a great time uh, really getting a lot of feedback from you with some questions uh, that we were able to take on our weekend worship experience. In between Thursday and Sunday experiences, we had, I don't know, I think it was around 20-some questions that came in that we were uh, able to specifically address and, and hopefully get some guidance on. But after the series uh, and after that Sunday, we still got around, I think it was over 40 questions more that we still have not addressed. And so now we've been sitting down diligently. I personally have been talking and counseling with some other uh, individuals. And, um, and I really feel like collective heart of our pastoral staff here at Grace Church would, would be um, uh, more than affirming the direction and the guidance that I want to give you. So you might just hear one voice behind the microphone today, but I, I, I really I hope that you hear uh, all of us as a family trying to guide you, stir you on, and encourage you uh, towards these. So we've already addressed a, a couple episodes. This is episode number three, so welcome. Sit back, grab a cup of tea, uh, coffee, or maybe you're on a run, bike ride, or a car uh, for a commute. So we're going to take care of today, we're going to take care of four questions. So let me dive into those four, four questions that we have. The big topic is around community. Uh, there's a ton of different questions that came in, but we, we sort of, um, I guess, categorized them in probably five or six different um, categories. And this big one is community. Now, the subset underneath community, what we're going to be addressing today specifically is the relationship um, to uh, and from other individuals, how we can serve, how we can pray, how we can love on, encourage, and build up. So let me let me um, address these four questions word for word. I'm not changing any of them, and um, and then give you some guidance because I think all four of these are very very similar in nature. So question number one: How do you become one of the quote four men for someone else who is lame in an area of your life? How do you become one of the four men for someone else who is lame in the area of your life? Second question is, the, what's the difference between unforgiveness and boundaries? A little bit of explanation to this one. They keep writing. They say, some think you are holding a grudge or have unforgiveness when you set boundaries. So what is it between forgiveness and, and fellowship? Um, this was mentioned in week number two with the analogy of a bad roommate that you know uh, needs to be moved out. Question number three, how can we help those who are lame but don't want the help? How can we help those who are lame but they actually don't, you don't want help? Uh, and question number four, what should I pray if the lame friend who won't let me and my friends carry him. So what, what should I pray if, if my friend who is, who is lame won't let me or my friends 
carry that individual. So I, I hope you're seeing a little bit of continuity between all four of these questions, but there's all four of them. How do I become the, the, the four men? Uh, how do I actually help my friends? How do I serve? How do I love? How do I pray for them? How do I, how do I uh, use in the language of Mark chapter 2, how do I carry my friends when they don't necessarily want me to? And so I want to address this because I think it's a great question by nature. I think it, it, it shares the heart behind our desire to really care for and love on other people. Um, but you really have to go back to um, the boundaries that people are really setting up for us sometimes need to be broken down. Now, take this very carefully because we have friends and family members who set up boundaries um, with, and you might be one of them, and also the recipients, your friends and your family members, they might have set up boundaries for you to, you know, to stay out of. And, and let me just say it again. Sometimes we need to break down those ba- boundaries and those walls and, and almost do some trespassing in order to help and love them. And, and there's also times, with that being said, there's also times where, where you respect those boundaries and you, and you keep your distance and you, and you say, hey, if, if you don't want to hang out, if you don't want me to be a part of your life, then you respect those and you let that person, you let that person go. Do what they're, they're really needing to do in their life. And so this is a really uh, tough call between do you step over and and cross the boundaries, help someone be there for them, and knock on their door when they haven't invited you, show up in their lives when when you haven't gotten the the text or the email or the phone uh, call, or uh, in, instead of do you just do you just sit back? And, and let go and say, hey, you know what, you, you have your own responsibility, so I'm going to let you do what you want to be done. So there's this fine balance between the two. So I want you to hear me out here. It's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. you got to discern. And I, I'm assuming that I'm talking to Christians who are just discerning what God's doing in their life. You can hear the voice of God. You can find out what the Holy Spirit's doing because I, I would say even in those personal relationships, you might have to do both in certain seasons. Let go and engage. Let go and then engage. Create distance and then pull closer. And so um, one of the things that we have to that we have to do, Scripture is very specific on, which um, comes with the the questions, the four questions that we have is, how do I become one of those four people that can actually help my friends who are lame, whether they want that help or not? So I think scripture is really, really clear. We are responsible for ourselves. Like that is our primary call is to make sure that our lives are being lived according to what God's standard is calling us to. It's not legalism, uh, it's obedience. And God is requiring us to worship Him. He's a jealous God. He wants our sole focus on Him. And so by nature, that does set up the assumption that the Bible and Jesus, when we're in conversation and relationship with Him, is that we we actually have responsibilities uh, we have priorities and we have boundaries that we are setting emotionally with our lives. 
And so we are to rule and to reign over our lives. We're supposed to prioritize. We're supposed to have a set routine that's also flexible. Um, We're supposed to invest in the very things that are the most important in our lives, what we put our hands to, the relationships. And so when when we follow these accordingly, um, God's really asking us to look at the people that He is bringing to to you. He is bringing uh, relationally connected to you, what I call the ones that are in your city, uh, the ones that you influence. Those are the ones that God's maybe calling you to carry in some form or fashion. But this also gets down to the assumption, these four questions also gets down to the assumption for me, if I, if I was sitting in front of you and we were, having, we were having tea or we were having lunch, one of the things that I would say is I assume that you are in a collective community. I assume you have a group of people, not just one or two, but a group of people that you confide in, that you trust in, that you're transparent with. They know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in their life so that you can do some exchanging when it comes to help. I I think we need to take turns being placed on the mat. So you take turns carrying your friends and your friends take turns carrying you. That's the beauty of community. Now, we have some really, my wife and myself have some really good friends that I think we um, we always go back and forth on this conversation. Hey, you know, whose turn is it to sit down on the mat today? Like, is it is it our children that we want to talk about? Is it our own lives? It is, is it our marriage? Is it our work life? Is it our heart condition? And we honestly just, um, we, we just take turns. Hey, I don't know, I've got a lot on my heart today, so let me confess. Great, get it out of here because I'm ready to listen. But then the next time we get together, I'm doing the one listening and they're confessing and this is a great exchange. And so when it comes to these relationships, we have to discern when do we engage and when do we let go. And we have to discern uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit and hearing the voice of God in, in what season do we do each. Because we personally are supposed to set boundaries towards our priorities uh, in a relationship with God so that we can actually walk out what it is that he's asking us to do. And so when you when you talk, and, and these four questions, uh, there's a couple of them that get to this. When you talk about some people that are not allowing you in, you have to know maybe... You know, if this is a if this is a spouse relationship, this is very different. You know, you don't just like, okay, well, hey, you want to do your own thing, then do your own thing. We'll separate. You know, emotionally, our hearts will separate. Mentally, we'll separate. But we'll, we'll kind of be in the same house. That's not okay, right? So that's not what I'm talking about when I'm when I'm talking about you got to choose whether to engage or just to kind of let go. In a spouse relationship, biblically speaking, come on, we just got we got to go back to the word. Biblically speaking, you don't have the choice to just uh, digress and to let it float and drift off, right? We just, we just don't have that opportunity because we only have the opportunity to engage. So the warfare, the fighting that we do is not with our spouse, but we fight against the things that are coming in between uh, our relationship with our spouse. So I'm assuming that we're not talking about that. So when it says, how should I pray for the lame man who doesn't want me to carry them? Or how can I help those lame people that my friends who don't want my help... Part of it is you might not might not need to help them. And, and part of it is you might need to look at the people who do want and need your help that are right in front of you. So maybe just ask yourself the question, why do you want to help other people that 
maybe don't need your help. You know, you, maybe there's issues in your own life, which goes back to we are called to prioritize our own life. So, so prioritization when our own relationship with God, you can't help but run into the examination. How are you examining your life? You know, Matthew 7, Jesus talks about instead of looking and identifying and trying to help someone with a speck of dust in their eye, why don't you get the plank out of yours? And um, I love, if you if you look at that particular passage, I love that both inferences, the material in the other person's eye and in your eye are the same. They're both pieces of wood. And, and then they're, all, all, they're also located in the exact same place. They're in the eye. Um, but the size is very, very different. You have a plank in yours, and there's a speck of dust in somebody else's. And so when you, when you look at the two, I think it's significant. Obviously, every single word was, was used properly, and, and every word now is, is God-breathed. But I think Jesus did that for a reason, is maybe... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to flip the script, so listen to this real carefully. When, when you ask the question, how can I help those people who don't want help? Maybe the very area in which you really want to help them, in, in which you see their area of lameness, I'm just going to suggest that you might have that same area in your own life that hasn't been addressed, and it's easier for you to try to whittle out the dust and the, the speck in their eye rather than the more difficult work, which is to sit before God and allow Him to move you and, and walk you through an area of victory, or even becoming you know, a little bit more transparent with your community about that particular area, that plank in your own eye. Uh, so I think they're, the material, the size, and the, and the location are really, really specific when Jesus was giving this parable. But I think it also goes back to our question, hey, I really want to help somebody else. And this could be our spouse. I really want to help my spouse in this area. I just feel like that's an area when they're where they're lame. It's dangerous waters to say, hey, I, I can help you with this because I think we come across as experts. Um, which, you know, th- this. L- let me just answer another layer of this too. One of the, let me just go back to this first question because I like the wording. How do you become one of the four men? I think I would give counsel out of all of our pastoral staff here at Grace. I think I personally might give a little bit different counsel than a lot of people. Uh, I think maybe a lot of our pastors, and that's an assumption. I don't really know this for sure, so don't hold me to that. When they say, how do you become one of the four men? I don't think there's a whole lot of qualifications besides that you have a desire for Jesus to become one of the four men. I think some other people might suggest, well, to become one of the four men, you have to you know, do prerequisite A, B, and C. And I'm not talking about our, our staff, our pastoral staff here. That, But I think there is some religion mindset that says, yes, you need to have a little bit of your life in order. But that's not how Jesus got a hold of you at all. That's not how he got a hold of me. He he told me to go disciple people the day that I got saved. <laughs> like the day that you open up your Bible is the day that you go and bring other people into the word of God. You don't have to have. Now, there's nothing inside the word that says you have to have a doctorate degree to be able to teach the word. What you need to do is go back and read the word and then teach what God has literally given you. Now, I, I love this because... um. 
When you go back to God's obviously greatest command, uh, which is to make disciples, Matthew 28. I have the physical Bible in front of me. I'm, I'm, big, I'm a big uh, advocate of that. It says, go therefore and make disciples. This is Matthew 28, uh, verse 19, Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you probably heard that. Yeah, yeah, go make disciples of all nations. But then it says, um, I, I think it really tells you how to do it. It says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Did you hear what it says? It didn't say whenever you are finished, then you can start discipling everything. It, it literally says, and this is in verse 20, teach them, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. So let me just break this down in today's language. The very thing that God is imparting in you, the very thing that God's challenging you, the very thing that God's speaking to you on, the very activity of God in your life is supposed to be for the display and the generosity towards other people. What? Let me just say it like this. What God gives you, you're supposed to give it away. Um, and I think that's where we answer that question. How do I become one of the four men? Well, you, just, you, you, you become a disciple. You become a student. If you're, if you're receiving from God, well, then you give away towards other people so they can receive the benefit of what you and your relationship with God out of the overflow really looks like. Which, um, if you look at these questions, it's really the nature of you know the boundaries that we set um, which, uh, in closing, let me just say this, because um, there is one small difference. Uh, question number two, it says, what's the difference between unforgiveness and boundaries? Some think that you're holding a grudge or you have unforgiveness when you set boundaries. I think there's a difference um, between the biblical relationships, if you read through the book of Proverbs, is that when you correct someone that's righteous, you find more favor with them. Now, that goes true for you as well. If you can't be corrected personally, I think you also need to just do a little bit of examination of your heart to say, hey, where is the pride that's trying to respond rather than the humility that I need to um, receive that correction from? So when it comes to boundaries and, and unforgiveness, it's all a matter of the heart. When you set boundaries, you're convicted with what God's doing in your life. You're making a priority with what God calls important. Those are boundaries. You have to say no to the area that God says no to. You have to say yes to the areas that God is welcoming and he's opening up the doors for. But discernment plays a really big role. And and discernment sounds a lot like you and your spouse being on the same page if you're married. It also sounds like what Proverbs says, there's, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Boundaries has wisdom. I want you to think of boundaries like a, um, I think Dr. Henry Cloud does a great job when he talks about boundaries. He gives the analogy of a property line of a house. So if you literally just scale out, let's say I have two acres of a plot of land, and it kind of looks like a, a pie, if you can, if you can uh, kind of see that. So you know exactly where the triangle, the pie shape of your property line is. So when your neighbor comes, say, hey, I want to cut down a tree, I want to mow my lawn, or I want to put up a fence, you know what to cross, what not to cross. But it's a lot harder when it comes to relationships. There's no figurative line that you draw on the sand to say, hey, don't cross over here, that's my boundary, and I'm trying to limit. So really, what I want you to get to thinking about is when you when you place boundaries, it's really you knowing your own limits. 
You have to know your own limits. And I, I don't think there's a better place to start to find out your limits than the Word of God. And the reason why I say that is because you need to discover two things. You need to discover who God really is, like consistently knowing who God is, and simultaneously you'll find out who you are, and that is setting boundaries. You're finding out your own limitations. You're finding out your own capacities. You're finding out your own abilities, because the the better and the more clear picture you have of your own abilities, limitations, and capacity, what's going to happen is you're going to find out what you can do and what you can't do. Then you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, and you can literally walk out what Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And just like a property line of a house or the two acres that I just talked about, you can you can have definitions of your life. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And so you can be marked by things, convictions, values on the inside that then flow on the outside about how to treat people, uh, how to love, how to serve them, but also setting boundaries. Say, hey, I can't do this right now because there's something else playing. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can say no, and and get respect. But I think that here's one difficulty, and I'm going to close with this. I think one of the things that we have to do is be able to learn to say no because it garners respect by other people only when we really find out what's important to us. But I think too many people don't know what's important to them, what a priority is in their life, how their daily, weekly walk should be looking like. So they say yes to so many people because they don't know their own limitations, all due to the fact that they're saying yes because they want to be loved and accepted by other people. And can I just tell you, that's dangerous. I mean, it's so dangerous to say yes to other people just because you fear of them not liking you or not accepting you or not seeing you in a, in a particular light. And then what, what begins to happen is that you say yes to a lot of different things because you don't have the self-control or the self-worth or the self-value to, to be able to say no to somebody else because you don't really deem your life as that valuable. I know that's kind of a big statement, but that's exactly what it is. God has made you a masterpiece, but he's also made you with a personality, with capacities, with limitations, uh, with energy uh, that that's going to run out because you're, you're a human being. And you got to know him and how he made you so that you can display that boundary. You can display that limitations to other people to say, hey, you know, this is what's going to work best for me. This is what I can fit in my life right now and be able to confidently say no and still love people at the same time. Man, I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much. It's really challenged me to look at my own relationships as well, talking about how we can become the four men who carry one another when it's time to get back on the mat and also the difference between forgiveness and boundaries. So I love you. I hope this helps. And uh, until next time, we will see you then.